Are you looking for a resource to discuss all topics air conditioning? Well, you're in the right space. Join the Rawson boys as they discuss the hot topics and the cold hard facts. This is the Air Conditioning Podcast. G'day guys and welcome to the Air Conditioning Podcast. I'm Shane Rawson and I'm joined by Brad Rawson. Hello everyone. How was your weekend Brad? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it was pretty good. Come out the other side of a long weekend, uh, Queen's birthday. It was um, did you good get, to get away. Did you get patriotic? Oh, you know, not really, but oh, I'm not a, um, what do you call it, a royalist, a royalist or a, a monarch, monarch? Monarchist? Monarchist. Monarchist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, um, look, today we thought we'd run through some frequently asked questions, uh, questions that we get asked quite often by, um, uh, by clients and I um, thought what better way to address those than to put together a, an episode. In fact, there'll be probably a few episodes that um, uh, will consume these FAQs because there's quite a number to get through. But uh, anyway, let's... Um, this is probably more for the um, end user than, than uh, anyone uh, technically in the, in the industry. Yeah, yep. All right, so we're going to jump right into this. And uh, one of the questions we often get asked, uh, particularly around ducted systems, we might hit some of these that are more related, relating to ducted systems uh, first up. But uh, often we get asked, you know, I've got maybe not enough air in one room and, and too much air somewhere else. Can you sort of explain that a bit, Brad, for us? Yeah, so if, if that's uh, happening in your house... Um, Generally, that's uh, due to, I suppose, it comes down to the design of the system where um, you, certain areas have less resistance than other areas. Um, and uh, generally, we counteract that by putting in uh, a manual damper blade uh, or blades in the system. Um, or these days, with the newer technology, um, we can use... Um, modulating damper motors that we can put through the system that you can actually adjust through the uh, controller. Um, so basically, what it what it means is that you can you can adjust the amount of air going to um, certain rooms if you've got too much air there, and you can redirect it to the other areas that are sort of starving for air a bit. So in the industry, yeah, we call it air balancing. So, and quite um, often that's yeah. it actually relates to the the location of the indoor unit up inside the roof cavity, and often where the supply vents are located, the closer ones that are located to the um, the indoor unit tend to get the majority of air, and that's because the air likes to find the path of least resistance. And as Brad rightly said, you know where there's more um, duct bends and, and there's um, a longer uh, longer place to travel for the airflow, uh, that creates the resistance and therefore less air. So essentially what we're doing is restricting some of the airflow to where there's too much air or those closest to the indoor unit, thus pushing more air elsewhere. It's a pretty important part of the um, overall system really. I mean, if you have too, many, uh, too much air in, in certain rooms and not enough air in others, then um, it can it can really affect the whole um, feel of the, the the you know the air through the house get hot and cold spots and all that sort of thing. So um, it's it's a pretty important thing to do is to is put in those air balancing blades or as I said modulating motors so that you can you can have the the system balanced so that you're getting even flows throughout the house and you know, you're getting a, a more 
I suppose, constant temperature through the house. Yeah, so as you said, it can have a twofold effect. You, On one hand, it, it can affect definitely your, your comfort level. On, on the other hand, yeah. um, definitely the temperature sensing as well, which will have an impact on, yeah, that's on right. comfort yeah. as well. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that can that can cause a lot of issues with, with your temperature sensing. So, you know, you combine the two and um, all of a sudden you've got a pretty um, un, unhappy person um, they can't get the house, you know, at the right temperature and comfort level. So, um, if you get the sensing right and you get your air balance right, that you're going a long way to to uh, have a happy customer. That's for sure. That's true. All right. Uh, another question we get asked is um, how many zones can I have in a ducted system? Yeah. Well, in um, most of the time, um, I suppose in the past, it's always been. Um, generally, uh, you know, eight up to eight zones. Uh, with the uh, more modern controllers, you could have, you know. But now, um, with the newer uh, controllers out there, you can it's sort of, en- I suppose, endless, depending on the, the actual type of control you're having. Um, most of them now would do, I reckon, up to about 14 zones. Um, sometimes you may have to have a, a like an extra. Uh, zone expansion kit or something put on there that but that gives you the ability to have the extra zones but um, most of the good controllers now yeah you can have up to 14 at least so what you're saying is there's no right or which wrong is, which is pretty much going to cover any you know standard household so there's no norm no there's no normal you can have you can sort of pick and choose how many zones yeah, you want right. in the zone. And, um, and, the zone and along, along with that, you can the controllers themselves will actually, most of the time, you can either designate um, a, an open air uh, zone or it will automatically do that for you. If you start turning you know, uh, most of the zones off, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep at least one zone open so that the air's got somewhere to go. So the the open, so you were saying about the open flow. So that's there's a couple of different terms that people use: open flow, constant flow, um, mm. open air, as you said before. So, then what's the benefit of having that? Well, so um, the open flow or constant zone really, um, I suppose it it gives you it gives the um, the units um, relief so that it's got the air's got somewhere to go. So if you only want to a couple of rooms on at one time, you can do that because the unit's big enough to do a large area, you still need to have that a certain amount of air going into like a spill zone or a constant zone. The other thing that does is it also um, helps to temper the air for the return air, which is gonna make it the whole system more efficient. And also it's uh, much better for your temperature sensing. Yeah, and temperature sensing is, is pretty important, of course. So um, let's just tap into that a bit further. So when it comes to the temperature sensing, um, where where is it temperature sensing from? Well, generally, um, uh, at, at, as default, uh, most units um, have these days have a sensor that's up inside the return air um, in, in the unit itself, and that's where it does most of its sensing. So... Um, you know, the unit's relying on the uh, air um, from the fan getting blown across the uh, the sensor. Um, that tells it what the uh, room temperature is at, and then it will react, um, either make the compressor, um, the inverter compressor ramp up or ramp down, depending on what, what you know, that temperature is reading. 
Um, so it's uh, as far as efficiency goes, your your temperature sensor is very important. Um, if that's reading incorrect temperatures, then obviously um, it's going to make the unit either run longer, um, uh, longer periods of time, and in, where you might have um, the people in the room getting too hot or too cold, um, or it may be cutting out prematurely. So, so it's going to um, add to what you're saying. It's going to add to not only discomfort but uh, yeah, costs, energy efficiency, inefficiency. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so the sensing, and that comes into play, you know, uh, especially in two-storey houses where, you know, in the summer the, um, the, all the heat rises to the upstairs. So um, if you're obviously just sensing from the, um, the upstairs area, um, it's going to say oh, I need um, lots and lots of cooling. It's always considerably hotter up there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to run, the, the unit's going to run longer, um, obviously drawing more power, costing you more to run, and the downstairs area is probably going to get way too cold. Yeah. So um, the idea is to to put in a secondary sensor maybe downstairs so that you can you can sense from the actual um, area that you're trying to keep at the right temperature. So um, yeah, the unit's only going to do what it needs to do. Yeah. So surmising from what you're saying is really in a two-storey home, ideally, it's good or you need to really have that second sensor downstairs yeah, ideally, and sensing yeah. from there so that when it's on heating in wintertime, as all that hot air is going up the stairwell, let's say, yeah. um, it's actually sensing the temperature from where we are downstairs because otherwise if it there goes up the stairwell and it's sensing that it, or senses that the, the house might already be warm and, in fact, downstairs is not warm yeah it's still cold Probably and everyone's cold yeah. yeah okay yep yeah so um the, uh, going back to the um newer types of controllers you know you can have um uh, you know multiple um sensors these days in all sorts of different rooms so you could have you could have one in every room or um maybe one in your bedroom um in your main bedroom and sense from that point at night time so the unit's only sort of working to to keep that room uh, at the correct temperature, which is uh, in turn going to keep your your other bedrooms, which are all a similar size, about the same temperature. Yep. So for the listeners who've already, let's say they've already got a system installed, um, is it going to be better for them to sense at the return air or at the wall controller? Yeah, so it's, I always say it's better to sense from the wall controller because it's 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 in the condition space. Um, hopefully, hopefully, and and it's even better if it's you know um, maybe in a in a living area or somewhere like that where majority of the time that's where you want to be sensing from. So um, the next step, obviously, as I said before, is having two sensors um, so that you can maybe sense from. Uh, if it's a let's say it's a really long house, you might want to sense from the bedroom for night time, which, which is up the other end of the house, yep. and then during the day you just flick it back to the sensor in the main area. Yeah. Um, the efficiencies are, are going to be much better, and you and the comfort levels are much better as well. And most of the, well, more recent controllers will allow you to sense from that. Uh, wall controller is that true yeah that's right yeah you can a, lo- a lot of the um, controllers you can either sense from the controller itself uh, you can switch maybe to the return air sensor 
which is, as I said, comes as default, or you can have individual room sensors around the place. So um, the more the more areas that you can sense from, probably the better for uh, your comfort and, and your efficiency. So for, for people with uh, homes with taller ceilings, naturally there's going to be more of a temperature differential at ceiling height than there is at ground level where we're actually living. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. naturally we want to be able to sense from that that level as yeah. opposed to the ceiling because we don't spend a lot of time yeah. at the ceiling. That's right. I mean, and especially um, uh, houses with taller ceilings and things like that, you get uh, obviously the heat heat will rise, so you get the stratification effect where the heat sits up towards the ceiling more. Um, and um, you know, for that situation, if you can, if you've got a fan or something like that, um, put the fan on reverse for winter, and and it brings the heat back down to you know the level that we're we're sort of living at um and then from there obviously it, that will influence the the sensor as well and 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 obviously the inverter compressor is going to react to that and ramp down so therefore it's all it's all helping again with your running cost so some people would say well why am i running a fan when i've got a, you know a ducted air conditioning system but what you're saying is for like really tall ceilings maybe um exposed beams that type yeah. of uh, application or where rate ceilings rate ceilings where you need to sort of put, perhaps keep that uh, warmer air projected down toward the ceiling and therefore sensing better as well yeah that's right brings it down to your, your living uh, level and um, that can make a massive difference um, just on on the overall comfort as well yep that's good um, and just while we're on temperature sensing so if we're now talking about the return air inside there is a filter and we get asked a lot of questions about the filter, and that is, well, the first question we often get asked is, is there one? What, where is it? I've never seen it. Well, that's the big... Hopefully there's one. Yeah, hopefully there is one. Um, but it's the big uh, egg crate grill-looking thing in the middle of the hallway or, or somewhere like yeah, that. Um, and um, let's just touch on that a bit. So why do we have a filter? So um, the main reason... Uh, having a filter is um, I'm sorry just kick the microphone um, is basically to um, it's to filter out all the dust particles um, predominantly uh, stopping that from reaching the the indoor unit which is up in the in the roof because uh, inside there you've got a coil similar to a like a radiator um, so that would become the filter if if you didn't have a filter yeah um, so the, and and that also has moisture on it. Um, obviously the moisture is going to attract the dust particles and virtually turn into mud and over a period of time that can pretty much block the indoor um, unit and and starve the unit of air and so what are the that has other things like um, causes fan motors to burn out and all that, was that my sort next of question. stuff. Yeah. What are the consequences of it? Of yeah, so happening? generally um, with that, you, obviously your unit's going to become inefficient and then, and then um, you're going to have problems with fan motors and all that sort of thing. So yep. it's all, all the stuff that's going to become expensive to, to get repaired. So uh, ideally, if you can keep your filter um, in optimal shape, well, then you, you're sort of giving your uh, unit um, a longer lifespan, I suppose. And that's all part of servicing, isn't it, which we'll touch yeah, on a bit right, later. Yeah. So, so next question relating to filters then, so we've talked about where is it. Now, they can be at, in the ceiling, they can yep. be in the wall. Yep. Which was better? Well, ideally, back, well, 
in the old days you'd say uh, a lot of there was a lot of um, what they call low level return airs around which is still a good thing um, most of the time these days they're they're at ceiling level because um, I think it's just with the houses the way houses are built these days it's just easier to uh, to put them in the ceiling but more aesthetically you, pleasing would you aesthetically think? pleasing gets them up out of the way yep. um, if you have them uh, down at a lower level um, so you might build it into the side of a, a cupboard or something like that. Um, it's, it tends to drag the air downward. Um, so exactly what we were talking about before where you've got the heating stratification, so the air's sitting up at the ceiling, it's helping to bring that, especially on heating, it's helping to bring that um, hot air down to the living level. Stratification, that's a big word. It is. Brontosaurus. <laughs> I'm most impressed. Okay, so um, now cleaning. Most people say, oh, don't worry, I'll just take it out and give it a vacuum. Well, is that uh, necessarily the best way to do it? Uh, probably the best way to clean, if it's a standard filter, um, you want to give it just a, a clean with a hose, not with a jet, but with a, you know, a firm spray, and then uh, just let it you know, dry in the sun, and that way it's, it's not damaging the, the filter material itself. People uh, quite often they they vacuum it out and it ends up all torn and um, yeah it just reduces the life of the filter so uh, just just clean it with a with a hose and a, you know a bit of a spray on the on the filter and you'll see all the dirt come out and then uh, let it dry put it back in when it's dry. So that's a that's one that you would clean is a washable filter media. Mm. Um, on the other hand, you've got your disposable type of filter so what's what's the difference yeah so the, a lot, there's a lot of manufacturers of the, the disposable filters and they're basically um, they're most most commonly made out of or for de- domestic anyway um, like a cardboard uh, type surround and and then they've got uh, they're a v-form type filter mo- most commonly and um, it just means that they they have a larger surface area so there's less um, uh, restriction on the um, on the airflow, and uh, they'll filter down to you know a lot finer particles of um, of air, you know, taking out dust mites and pollens and viruses and things like that out of the air. So um, it's not only then a, a a filter for the the air conditioning unit uh, to stop it getting blocked up, but it's also um, basically purifying the um, the air so for you know for people so that they're not it's it's uh, helping them with their asthma and things like that so respiratory stuff respiratory stuff so yeah. so what we're saying is that the the washable filter is well is really it's basically a roughing filter yeah it's designed yeah. i guess to stop the dust from getting through to the air conditioner from to stop from being blocked, like you said yeah, before, right, yeah. which causes all those other extra mechanical type issues, but the disposable filters it's, are it's designed to help yeah. benefit people actually living in the house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yep. Yeah. And so, when you're talking a disposable filter like the one we're talking about here, um, I guess the be- I mean, some of them. Why? Why would you not have something like that put in a hospital or a surgery? Yeah, well, there's different grades. It's obviously different grades of filtration, and <clears throat> in a hospital, 
um, or surgery environment. Obviously, there's, they need to filter out absolutely every every particle out of the air to to stop any um, bacteria and all that sort of thing getting into the to the living space. But um, yeah, it's just um, in a domestic air conditioner, you don't need to go to that level, but you want to try and um, filter out as, mu- as much impurities out of the air as you can just to stop spread of viruses and, and germs and things like that. Is it fair to say that if the if you know you did have a filtration system like you did like that to that extent like you did in the hospital the unit probably wouldn't perform very well because it's there's too much restriction there well i suppose in in that respect they those fil- filter systems are, are designed well they're designed to to do the job for that unit so yeah um yeah so i was sort of talking about two different beasts all right, so that's um, that's good. That's covered um, a bit about the filters. Anything else you want to cover there? Uh, no, I think that's about my filter knowledge. <laughs> that's very good filter knowledge. Okay, so um, I had a question uh, this week from uh, a lady who was asking. It's a fairly simple question. How many how many rooms can I operate at one time? It's a fairly open question, but. Mm. I'll let you answer so that. So this one. is obviously on a ducted system. A ducted system, system yeah. Um, well, how long's a piece of string? I suppose it depends on many things. Well, many things, but um, mainly the size of the the system that she's got. Um, so, um, would it be fair to say that the it would depend on how much? Or how the capacity of the unit size mm. will determine how much she can operate at one time. Yeah, that's right, and the size of the house as well. So, um, you know, if it's if it's a, a large house and and a large system, you know, um, you, you might you, you know, as I said, it's how long's a piece of string? Mm. You might be able to uh, run say five zones, but you know, how many outlets are on that zone doesn't necessarily mean it's five outlets. Could yep. be could be eight or nine outlets on that what you know those five zones so but it's uh, you don't want to be uh, at what point should you be having that discussion with like around the capacity size is that something that's obviously something that you need to talk to the person designing the system yeah, exactly and yeah. saying Look, this is how much i want to run at one time yeah it's not so it doesn't come back to the person how much you know they think you should be running it's how much do i want to run mm. and let's say the um, the main objective is to run the main living area during the day, but there's a baby that's having a sleep during the day, so you've got to run the nursery as well. So therefore, you've got to make sure the capacity size is big enough to handle that main living plus that nursery or wh- whatever yeah, it exactly, is. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I mean, with the with the inverted technology, you want it to be sized correctly so that it's not too small or it's not too big. However, even if it was a little bit bigger than you needed, um, the systems really, with the inverter, it will only sort of run to the capacity that it really needs needs to do the job. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's ideally you want it to be big enough to do the largest area that you want to do at one time. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it, the unit can ramp down. You don't want something that's too small because if it's too small, then the the inverter compressor is going to be just ramping up to 100% or over, and and it's going to be running at, at that for a long period of time, and that's when you're going to start to, you know, use up a lot of power 
So more just, kilowatt hours, more Yeah, so you're defeating costs. the purpose of yeah. having a, an yeah. inverter, basically. Yeah. So you want something that's going to do the job, do it quickly, then it's going to start to ramp down, and that's where you're going to save in your running costs. So the key message there from what you're saying is when you have that initial discussion with whoever is designing the system, you need to make sure that it's big enough to handle the main, I guess, the main living area, yeah, plus right. what and it, whatever other additional rooms might be the case. Yeah, that's and, right. And, and, and sort of imagine what you might want to run on a 45-degree day, let's say. Yeah, exactly. And then from there, you can obviously turn off areas um, and, and reduce the amount of space that you're trying to condition and um, limit, you know, like reduce the running cost. So there's no right or you wrong. You don't want to sort okay. of, you don't want to drop it down too much. Like you, you, with a large ducted system, you don't want to be trying to condition one room. No. It's it's defeating the purpose. You've got a system that's there that's designed to do a large area. Let it do a large area, but let it do it efficiently. Yep. Okay. So there's no there's no uh, direct answer for that. No, it's, uh, it's to that because question. it's so customised, you know, you need to really, um, I suppose it all comes down, as you said, like the person who's designing the system needs to talk to the, the client and work out what their needs are, um, how big the system needs to be and, and what they want to be able to do with the system. So it's a tailored solution, it's what a, we're saying. It's a tailored solution, yeah. Okay, good. All right, so um, now another question here is... Um, the old age-old question: single-phase or three-phase power? Now, lots of homes, yeah, uh, one, particularly yeah. in Adelaide, we have single-phase uh, now. Particularly a lot of, well, not so much on the new home because some of the new homes now are quite big, yeah. and, they, and they probably should have three-phase, and sometimes they don't. Mm. But is there any advantage of having three-phase power versus single-phase? Yeah, these days it's not really necessary to have the three-phase. Because the inverter units will go, they go up to pretty much a 16 kilowatt unit now um, in some brands, uh, in still in single phase. Um, once you get above that, generally you're looking at three phase anyway. Yeah. So if you've got a really big house and and, and you need a, a 20 kilowatt system, that, that it's going to be three phase. Um, you don't have a choice. But um, so if you've got a, uh, if you're planning on building a big house. Um, well, I would be looking at uh, getting three-phase put on because you're probably going to need it. But um, for your general size house, uh, as I said, up to 16 kilowatt, you can run uh, as a single phase. And when you look at the um, when you look at the specs on the three-phase unit to the, um, the the single phase, there's really nothing in it. Um, so you. There's no advantage to going three phase uh, unless you unless you really have a, a need to, like you want to do some load shedding, um, you know, spreading out your load across the house. But then that, that comes down to a bigger, a really bigger house. So when, anyway. for, just for the listeners' benefit, for when you say load shedding or sharing, yeah, uh, that's across the three phases, right? Yeah, that's so, right. So yeah. normally when you look at your your switchboard, you've got lights, you've got power, yeah, you've right. got this, that, and the other. So the benefit there of being shared across the three phases means that what? Yeah, you can. So you might have your um, your power circuits on on one phase. You might have your lighting on another phase. You might have your 
mechanical services on another phase. So um, that's where like three phase is, is good so that you're balancing out the load. You, you quite often, you know, during a blackout, you might see, hey, there's someone over there that's got his, he's still got his lights on. How come no one else in the street has? Yep. Well, that's probably because he's got three phase on his house. Yep. He's, he may still have... Uh, the lighting circuit may still have um, power. The other two phases have maybe been knocked off by a you know, car accident or something like that. So yeah. um, there is advantages in that way. But as far as um, Before, know, an air conditioner performance, performance and running costs, etc. There's not a lot of, lot of difference. Yeah. And I found the same thing. I've, I've asked that to like the manufacturers and no one's sort of been able to give a definitive, definitive answer in terms of how it could possibly benefit yeah, it's, in running well, costs. Well, if, if you look at the numbers, it's, I think it's pretty much identical pretty much anyway. Identical. Yep. Okay. Um, if you are doing a uh, replacement and you've got three-phase power, yeah, well, that's, that's, you, you want to stick with a three-phase, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, a lot of people these days, you know, they're starting to get rid of their older systems. So their older unit may, may have uh, maybe a three-phase unit, um, and um, yeah, so in that case, you're probably going to be better off to change it over with a three-phase unit. Um, otherwise, you, you're going to have the added expense of running a new power feed, new single-phase power feed yep, yep. from the uh, switchboard <laughs> to the unit. And just on the the phase thing, uh, you know, often we'll get asked like, if I if I was to upgrade my power to three-phase what sort of cost is involved. And again, when you said about how long is a piece of string, that's probably another prime example. Yeah, that's right. Because it depends on whether you've got overhead power coming yeah. to the property and all that. Do you want to dig up your driveway to do that if it's an underground yeah. service? Um, all that sort of stuff. So you can it can cost a lot of money to get your three-phase put on if it's not already on. And, um, and time-consuming. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you, you're relying on the power companies to... To do their bit, and sometimes that doesn't always uh, happen in a hurry. No, no. Yep, cool. Mm. All right, so we were talking before about um, the cleaning of the return air filter, and that, I guess, comes under the umbrella of um, servicing. Servicing is important. Mm -hmm. Like anything mechanical, things can go bust and, and wrong, so looking... Looking at servicing, how often? Let's let's take staying on the uh, theme of ducteds. How often should we look at getting a service done? What's your thoughts? Yeah, well, I suppose um, servicing. Um, it's one of those things. I think it's something that should be done more. Um, people, you know, we we put in. Well, we go out, go to systems, and quite often you say, "Oh, how long? How long ago did you have this service?" And when did you might, service yours last? Well, I service mine regularly. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> of course, that's my job. Okay. <laughs> Not a plumber with dripping taps, are you? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, quite often they say, "Oh, well, I haven't serviced it for like ten years. Well, I haven't got it serviced for ten years. I've cleaned my filter." Um, but you know, up in you know things like. Um, just checking um, the general operation of the unit. Um, you, you know, you, you need to hear if there's any squeaks and noises and stuff happening to see whether there's something that may be going to happen, um, sort of preemptive type stuff. And then you've got um, 
uh, you know, drains, um, which is probably the most... That's a big one. That's the most common, probably, uh, issue with a unit that hasn't been serviced. Is, Just explain that a bit further. What's so the drains? Got drains up in the ceiling in the indoor unit where um, uh, on in summer you, you get condensation uh, build up inside the indoor unit and there's pipes running from, from the indoor units to the uh, gutters which or, or a uh, drainage point which um, can get blocked up and they can get blocked up with spiders and um, dust and just mould and stuff that grows up there over a period of time. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, if generally there's two. You've got a, a drain on the unit, drain on the, um, on the safety tray, which is under the unit. Um, so that catches all the residual the, yeah, if, if water Yeah, if the main drain blocks up, that's yep. there to, to sort of save the day and, and get rid of any um, you know, overflow that's coming from the, from the unit. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But if, you, uh, if you're servicing uh, regularly and you're um, obviously checking those drains and making sure they're clear, well, then you're not going to have an issue if you don't. And they do block up. There's a chance you're going to get water inside your ceiling space, and uh, it can be bad. That's not good. Yeah, no, not no. good at all. And you said before, or touched on about um, cleaning the filter. I don't know if we touched on that before about how often that should be done. We, maybe we should just oh, the, highlight that. the filter. Oh, and the we, filter. Yeah. We probably didn't say how often do we need to do the servicing either. Um, servicing, you probably want to do every couple of years, I reckon. Yeah. Um, you know, but, especially but checking your filter on a regular basis and checking yeah. your filter regularly. I'd, yeah. I'd I'd suggest your filter. You want to look at that probably on a on a quarterly basis. You know, every three months. Yep. Depending uh, on at least if yeah. you've got carpet tiles. Yeah, pets, that's right. That if, sort of you stuff. Know, you'll find that some you know some houses they might get away with uh, six months. You know, or even twelve months if there's not a lot of foot traffic and so forth. In, uh, in a house where there's uh, five kids running around and Pets a couple and, of dogs and yeah. a budgie, then, um, yeah, there's a get, they get blocked up pretty quick. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, okay, well, that's good. And so the general servicing we said every couple of years or thereabouts? Yeah, I'd say every couple of years, really. And what do they, what do they actually look at during a general service? What sort of things are covered? Oh, well, th- things these days, as I said, like your drains, you need to get the drains looked at. Obviously, your filters, they're going to look at the filters um, and clean them for you. Um, you want to be looking at um, PC boards, um, which you can see. It's basically a visual on, on PC boards to see whether there's any dark spots. Um, if the unit's under warranty and there's a, there's a big black spot in the middle of the board that looks like there's a fair bit of heat, yeah. then they may be able to um, have that changed under warranty yeah. um, before it blows up. Um, there's uh, these days you'd, you'd check through uh, the system and uh, have a look at all your uh, thermistor readings uh, you check your amperages to see what the unit's drawing make sure that's within range um, you know gas gas pressures is it just on the outside unit or the indoor as well oh, it's both you need to have a look obviously at the boards there's boards on the indoor boards on the outdoor drains on the indoor um, there's also things like um, your ducting and, and zones and stuff. You need to have that checked and just make sure that you know there's no holes in the ducting, which is going to affect the obviously your efficiencies and but also um, you know your motors, your zone motors up in the roof that are switching on your different rooms. 
uh, just getting to have a, a, a once over on those just to make sure they're all all working as they as they should um, what else oh just general I suppose general uh, condition and, and cleaning general you know? inspection yep. yeah general inspection so you know if there's a a plastic bo- uh, bag that's been sucked up on the outdoor coil that's sitting behind there that's you know the the owner's not going to think to to take that down or away from the or there might be a build up of leaves clear all that out away from the outdoor unit so that's all going to um, stop you know future damage so yep and and let's talk about a general um, generally speaking if you've got let's say an average type of home single story five outlet ducted system roughly what do you think that should take in terms of how long it should take roughly oh basically um uh i suppose you're looking at about an hour um to do a to do a service on your standard system so um yeah that's that's pretty much that that'll be enough time to check everything over and and do what you're going to do to um yeah give it a good service so and cost Oh, you're probably going to be looking somewhere around, you know, maybe two hundred to three hundred dollar mark. Um, just depends. So, I guess it depends on where, what state you're in, and yeah, that's right. Yeah, what the local rate rates are, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. good. Yep. Cool. So, All right. Yeah. Well, um, unless you've got anything else to add now, no, we should be think, probably. Uh, I think that's probably it for today. We're getting the wind up now, so uh, we've probably hit our limit today, and. Um, Thanks for sticking around, guys, if you've listened to this, and uh, we look forward to... Hopefully it was entertaining. Hopefully it was. Probably not Hopefully entertaining. Hopefully it wasn't boring. We could, do, we could do a tap dance. Well, that's what we could, but I haven't got my shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> you got your steel caps. Yeah. All right. Well, look, uh, guys, thanks for, for hanging around, and uh, we look forward to uh, catching up on the next episode. Please don't forget to get onto iTunes and give us a five-star review if you can. That's always helpful because helps with our rankings on uh, iTunes, makes us more findable. It makes and me feel good. Makes us feel mm. good. It gives us a warm, fuzzy feel. And um, look, if you're prepared to give us a five-star review and a nice comment, uh, we'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. Is that fair? Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, guys, Till next week, uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. See you later. Cheers. That's all for this episode of the Air Conditioning Podcast. Be sure to stop by at airconditioningpodcast.com to connect with us, as well as on Facebook and Twitter, and join in the conversation. Until next time, stay tuned, stay positive, and stay cool.